Warning, we are a spoiler-based podcast. At times, we are also an offensive podcast. And we are most certainly a verbally explicit podcast. So if you fear for any of your delicate sensibilities, please back up now before you reach the point of no return. This is your final warning. Good morning and welcome to the Cinematic Anarchy podcast. Uh, well, good morning, afternoon, night, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, I'm Christopher. I'm Zeph. Nikki. Okay, yes, and we have uh, Nikki here today with us, uh, a special guest uh, that we've dragged into our little little piece of madness. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to go ahead and give you a few moments to kind of talk yourself up and tell them what you're about, because that's what we spent our whole first podcast doing. All right. Oh, um, well, I'm a tattoo artist and... I do a little bit of everything. I pick up hobbies like it's nobody's business. Um, I have a six-year-old daughter, and life is going all right. I've got my little newspaper job and multiple other jobs coming through and all that good stuff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't really know what to talk about. <laughs> oh, you are currently penning the comic book as well. Yeah. I'm um, coming out with this little Honey Be Kind comic based off like my tag name on TikTok. Okay. Uh, so today we're going to be discussing a film that I have watched probably far too many times over the past few days, uh, past few weeks really. Uh, God Bless America, and I, I believe everybody has gone through the movie at least once. Uh, I know you've watched it twice in the past week. Yeah, I rewatched it this morning. Right one before of my I came movies. here, actually. Uh, it's a fantastic film. It's uh, written and directed by Bobcat Goldthwait, and it stars uh, Joel Murray and Tara Lynn Barr. Uh, lead actress, uh, actor and actress, uh, Joel Murray as Frank, and Tarlin Barr as Roxy, sort of a, uh, I want to say Bonnie and Clyde duo, yeah. uh, with Bonnie being on quite a bit the un- younger side <laughs> in the movie. Uh, and their little adventure, uh, taking down who they feel are the, probably the rudest people in life. Uh, so, who wants to get us started here? I love Roxy, just saying. <laughs> She's... Fantastic! I feel everything that she says on like a personal level. <laughs> uh, you, you, honestly, uh, I think Tarlin and uh, Joel—they both kind of shared the spotlight there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel being very <sighs> grumpy old men <laughs> throughout the entire <laughs> entire movie, and then Tarlin just kind of taking that teenage angst thing to another level. A little creepy at some times. <laughs> uh, but I kind of feel like it really does follow what is wrong with everything. Yeah. And it shows both aspects of it, the younger and the newer. So, uh, I mean, the older and the, the younger. Like, why some, why people of the young generation hate everybody and why people of the older generation hate everybody. And it, like, kind of matches in the middle. I think Frank's character was a little bit more reeled in than Roxy was. 
Because Roxy, from the get-go, was just like, I have this whole list. I'm ready to just take out right now. And Joel's like, no. I'm sorry, Frank, not the actor. Uh, was just like, no, you know what? Uh, we only want to kill people that really deserve it. Yeah. Well, these people all deserve it. No, they don't deserve to die. Uh, just the, no, the really just rude people. No, they're annoying. <laughs> he has an entire dream sequence in the beginning of the movie that I, I've actually sat down and watched this with my, my 14-year-old. And uh, the, the first first dream sequence in the beginning of the movie just completely, which was like, whoa. Hey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's where we're going. Well then. Took out the entire family, baby and all. That was that, uh, that a little quickly. intense. It's a dream sequence. Just remember, it's only a dream. <laughs> he doesn't actually kill a baby in the movie. No. Though, several other rather deserving people. Blows several the fuck babies out. were injured. Uh, and, uh... <laughs> I, I really like the whole beginning sequence of the movie. I know a few people felt it kind of dragged a little bit, but it, it kind of set up that important, yeah. you know, one, two, three punch, the ex-wife and the horrible child, uh, the ex-wife getting married to the essentially clueless buddy cop. Uh, and then you, you have... Needs to punch in the face. <laughs> oh. He's that, he's he's, that he's guy... He's that kind of nice guy that you just... Deep down, like he, he doesn't do anything wrong, but you just you have to punch him in the face. Just <laughs> kind of cluelessly in the face, nice. Like, are you even paying attention to what's going on around you? Yeah. You're just nice in the face of just everything miserable going on around you. Uh, <laughs> and then you have, of course, the the horrible next door neighbors that uh just constant screaming and bullshit. We've all lived next to those neighbors. I've oh, yeah. had, I've had places where the walls are so thin that. You know, you, you can hear the person breathing on the other side. Yep. Uh, mind you, I should probably keep my ears from off the wall. I shouldn't be listening <laughs> yeah. that close. But, uh, uh, and then, of course, punch number three is the, the, the asshole doctor uh, telling him he has a, a malignant brain tumor and he's pretty much going to die. He's going to bite it. And uh, that sets uh, Joel off to, uh, not initially... To, to actually go out and kill people, he was going to kill himself. He was going to take himself yeah. out. And then he saw that episode <laughs> of whatever reality show it was. The, the spoof of uh, My Super Sweet 16. Yeah. yeah. With the uh, little girl screaming about getting the wrong car for her birthday. Yeah, that, that's what set him off. <laughs> uh, and, oh, I, I mean, if you ever get the chance to pick up the Blu-ray and actually watch the deleted scenes, the takeouts... The character was so much worse. Like, they actually toned her down a little bit for what they put in the movie. Um, and they had to cut it down because Larry Miller, they wanted to kind of have him as the kind of clueless, likable dad. Yeah. And Larry Miller kind of played an asshole. I don't know why I muted myself there. But he played an asshole in the cutscenes. He was, like, horrible, almost on the level of his daughter. Like, he was nice to his daughter, but, like, everybody else that he was dealing with, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, and just do what she wants. Yeah. Everything she says, do it. Oh, my God. She wanted acrobatic panthers, apparently. That was a, what the fuck? I want acrobatic panthers to spell out happy sweet 16 <coughs> Chloe or something. It was just... Oh, God. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm not paying for that. People give me cancer. Can, can you find that? Uh, and uh, him... Running to the high school to go take out this wonderful young lady was what uh, got him and Roxy together. That was the, the beginning of their little little tirade through town. Uh, he stole his annoying next-door neighbor's car, who was dumb enough to show him where the hide key is. And, uh, yeah, I'm talking a lot here, if you guys no, want to... No, it's, it's all... <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I like you got he, this. When he went to go get the key, though, he was not like he, he was acting all nonchalant, like he's looking at like a scratch on his car or something, and then he goes right under it. Like, you know oh, right, I mean? the next door neighbor, like when he he got blocked in. Yeah, you're trying to like, in a movie. You yeah, need to move yeah. your car. He'd, like try to like play it off like that's like not where my key is. Yeah, staring right. at his car. And there's actually a point, like in the beginning, he actually instead of first going to the car, he rested his coffee cup. The neighbor put his coffee cup on top of his car, mm-hmm. on top of Frank's car. Oh, really? Before going to get his key, and then he retrieved his coffee and got in the car. Like a final prank. <laughs> so I'm going to take my time doing this too. But I'm not going to stay in the top of my car with a ring. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's the whole point. The yeah. guy was just a prick through and through. Yeah. Like, you no, know, you blocked yourself in, dude. I didn't block you in. Mm-hmm. Leave yourself a little room the next time. Like, you didn't park in front of him back all the way up so there was, like, an inch, maybe an inch and a half room. Yeah. Uh, and there's nobody in front of you. So you could have given him more room. You just decided to be a dick about it. Uh, and I love the, the attempt. School's out. By Alice Cooper plays, yeah. which actually is sort of foreshadowing to a conversation later on, uh, and he's he lights a lights a match, he, lighter fluid and all, puts it in the oh, gas yeah. tank. He handcuffs Chloe to the car yeah. and he like, gets to walking away, lights and a cigarette, and it just flies away, and it flies away. <laughs> and uh, so, see what I don't understand is there were all those witnesses that saw him shoot her in the face. It's throughout the entire movie. This happens. And no one, like, no one t- like, tells the police that it's this guy. Because everybody really hated her, too. <laughs> I think that that's why they kind of picked him, too, for the role. Is because he's kind of that everyman that you can forget very easily. Exactly, yeah. You know, so he's not, he does, he's nondescript, doesn't have a rememberable face. Nothing very uh, mind noticeable. Mind you, we remember him because he's, he's that. He's, he's that guy. That guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had seen him in... Tons of different things, but really didn't put a name to the face until I yeah. watched this movie. Uh, yeah, the, like everybody in the parking lot just sees him, and he's nervously stomping this, you know, cloth out that he had just stuffed in her gas tank, thinking, "Hey, the whole thing's gonna blow up." And then just <laughs> he looks at them, he looks at her, to be cool. blows her brains out, and runs away. Uh, that's another thing uh, in the director's commentary. He actually admits that he fully stole that from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> it was a complete ripoff from Pulp Fiction that he stole, put in his own movie. That that whole brain splattering sequence against the yeah against the the windshield. Uh, and then uh, there's that lovely little interaction between him and Roxy. Did you just kill Chloe? And he just runs off, and she's like, "Cool." <laughs> <laughs> and then she finds him at his hotel room. About to kill himself again. You uh, fucking pussy. Yeah. No, she, she's like, okay, if you're going to do it, I just want to watch you die. And she get, grabs gets the, the plastic thing and hops inside. Yo, that's some shit I would do. Just hops inside, <laughs> her face poking out. And she's like, go ahead, do it. Do it. I want to watch. <laughs> uh, and thankfully, she talks him out of killing himself and, and into uh, going after the people that truly deserve it. And then, again, her list is much longer than... Than Frank's is, yeah. you know, so there's a lot of people that she would love to take out, and Frank is like her solid, or as solid a moral uh, moral center as you're going to get in this movie. Yeah, says no, we're we're going to make sure it's just people that really, really deserve it. And uh, let's see, I think their their next interaction was was, was at with the Chloe's parents. That's right. They take out. Okay, so I'm I'm actually already seen ahead at the movie yeah. theater, and, and it was Chloe's parents bit it next. I, 
I think that's made, I, they were kind of, that scene was kind of forgettable for me. Well, but I mean, they're, they're forgettable people, though. <laughs> uh, the Chloe's mom and dad were just so in, inconsequential to the movie. And honestly, I like Larry Miller, the guy that played Chloe's dad. But his role was so muted there that even yeah. when he bit it and he had that just that... I'll pay you anything. Kind of. I, I, it was a very weird death for him. Just, ah! <laughs> I, I don't even know how to describe that really verbally. Uh, then, of course, mom, the, the, the ditzy... Ditsy woman just bites it, runs right into a blade, and uh, Cl- and uh, Roxy kind of guts her. There's a yeah. whole splash of blood everywhere, and of course Frank, who didn't have any blood on him up until that point, things. gets a nice big hug from Roxy. Now there's blood all over him. He's like, "Oh come on, man! Did, <laughs> really? Right. Did you have to do that?" Uh, and then scene number two, they go through the drive-through to go get food. How? Did this guy in the drive-thru not immediately call the cops? The girl's covered in blood in the seat next to him. <laughs> How he just looked in there and went, here's your food. Well, are you going to say something to the bloody people in the car? <laughs> no, but I mean, as, as, a, as a guy dri- watching somebody covered in blood drive through the drive-thru, I might have, like, taken down the license plate or something and said, hey, dude, these guys just went, uh, yeah, right. they went south down 95. They had, not my like, job, that not noticeable my car for the longest time. <laughs> Yeah, ran the scene of killing a 16-year-old girl, just ran that scene with witnesses. They didn't actually... He subbed out the license plate at one point. He took right. it off a truck. They, uh... That's... The, yeah. Like, near, near, near the end of the movie, I think, like, after the truck stop scene is when they split ways. He gave the car to her to go drive back and go to her family, and then... Well, I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, and then he, he took the, the truck from the... Uh, what they deemed as the the uh, truck stop pedophile or the yeah. pancake eating pedophile. <laughs> he just uh, randomly strangles with the telephone. Yeah, phone. but that's that's way ahead. Uh, so I think after that, after hosing themselves down in in the uh, car wash, yep, uh, which was actually done at night in uh, like around midnight, forty degree weather, <laughs> they were standing outside hosing Jesus. themselves off. And Happy then, as can be, though. Uh, Joel recollected <laughs> that, that they, they were fun. freezing. It's like, I'm glad we got that done in, in very few takes because it was very cold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they moved on and uh, went back to the the hotel, and I don't I don't know if the I'm not was the movie theater next or was the the evangelist the, not the evangelist the the dude on the TV the the yeah. Sean Hannity knockoff that uh, um, I want I really I want to say the. He was the third. He, he, he was after. I think he was after the movie theater, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. I I'm think pretty they, sure the movie theater kind of really sets him off, right? Like, yeah. Like, that's where, like, okay, we're going to go after these types of people because they become famous at that point. Right. They finally got the, well, in her eyes, the, the recognition, recognition that she wanted to get. Yeah, so she's like, we have to go And he was pissed about that, too. Right. He was like, you know, you, you kids. He goes, you guys can only... You go, you're not in the moment. He goes, you're not taking a mental picture of what's going on around you. You can only be happy when you see it in video later. Yeah. yeah. you got to see yourself in video to be happy about the moment you just had in real life. But <laughs> it's like, she got what she wanted, I, they found I kind of understand that. Right. right. Uh, yeah, no, actually, I think it was the scene they're shopping in the thrift store to go get new clothes because their old clothes are covered, were covered in blood. Yeah. And they're, they're shopping in the thrift store... And uh, there's that, that whole weird scene where she's like, do you think I'm pretty? And he's like, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> no, no, well, 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 well. That's part of like, you don't I think I'm, I'm pretty? This, this country right now, this is what I hate. 
All right, yeah, he goes down a whole list of, of people, you know, yeah. R. Kelly and, and Woody Allen and everything, just people talking who about high fives. <laughs> just uh, talking about the objectification of, of children in society. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, I mean, I'm not going to be responsible for the self-esteem of a teenager. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, you can kill with a teen, but you can't fuck a teen. And he's like, well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely the point I'm making here. <laughs> it's like, well. Thank you for first making this a less creepy movie because it was starting to be yeah. in the very creepy yeah. territory, kind of like uh, oh, what was that movie? Uh, oh, is it uh, the professional? Is that what you're thinking of? No, I'm, I'm thinking about the. Movie. I'm thinking about Rain Wilson. He had like a weird superhero movie where he was going around whacking people with a wrench, and like the girl that came after him in that movie. Oh, um, I can't even think of it. Super. Super, yeah. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, it was it was just a weird, weird movie. And this guy was definitely whacked out of his head. Yeah. Rain Wilson was whacked out of his head the whole movie. But the girl that came after him, it was definitely a very, you know, he is way too old for this girl vibe. Yeah. Yep. And I'm, I'm very glad that they steered away from that whole vibe in this. Like, we're going to go <coughs> take a hard right turn and say, that's one of those people we hate. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, you're that. You're leaving that <laughs> directly here. Uh, so yeah, then right after that scene is when they go to the movie theater. Because yeah. he had just gotten his nice little hat yep. and she got her little Bonnie. They wanted to do the Bonnie and Clyde yeah. thing at that point. They yeah. even dressed that way. <laughs> and uh, you got the gaggle of teenagers that come in. Four teenagers. Now this is a very unlikely situation. Because those particular teenagers, you're not going to walk into a documentary about the Vietnam War. Yeah. Okay, so right that's, out of the gate. <laughs> that's just kind of like... Like it's we're, never gonna happen. But we're even just, so, any movie, if they're in that movie theater, I hate them. Um, I brought somebody to the movies. Me and my friend, uh, Mikey, we're very avid Marvel fans. Uh, it was the Avengers. We went to go watch the Avengers. Our neighbor's like, yeah, like let's go. I love that. We're like, great. And we're talking so much shit on the ride there about, like, nobody better talk in this movie. And the guy, our, our neighbor's just like, yeah, nobody better do that. Blah, blah, blah. Picks his phone up. In the middle of the movie theater, like, yeah, no, nothing's wrong. I'm just at the movies with my friends. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. We're not so with him, but like, just you want to punch this. that guy. You know what I mean? You really want to punch that guy. You want you want to see the usher going around, basket, cell phone, cell yeah. phone. Yeah. Give me the cell phone. What the fuck's well, wrong? Obviously, the cell you shouldn't phone have to. Here. Common sense. Everybody should just not be on their phone. Yeah. So many movie theaters allow you, like the one down the way here allows you to drink in the movie theater now. So mm-hmm. a lot of people that didn't have sense to begin with are drinking the sense right out of themselves. Yeah. And so they're in the theater half inebriated anyway, eating a full freaking meal, yeah. lounging like they're at home. They but, feel too comfortable. But you go there for <laughs> that. You know, right. go to like if you go to like Lowe's, stay off your phone. Yeah. This is this is why I don't spend a lot of money on the movie theaters anyway. Mm-hmm. I got a big TV at home. I can buy for the amount of money that I can take my family out to go see a movie in the theaters. I could probably buy six or seven DVDs, watch it at home. Yeah. You know, have a whole movie night, not just two hours out in a movie theater. There's very few movies that'll actually drag me out of my house. Like Avengers Endgame, I'm going to see. In the theater. Yeah. Big screen. Have to see that there. Constantly. uh, Like, oh yeah, we're going to go to the movies and it just never happens. God bless America. I probably wouldn't have seen on the big screen. I'm glad that it came right out on Blu-ray, you know? Uh, King of the Pirates. Just kidding. I have all my legal videos. (laughs) So the annoying teenagers are behind them and they're just throwing stuff at them. Hey, what are you looking at, old man? And uh, then, of course, the dude in the front who's 
initially looking at the annoying teens like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Why, why won't you shut up? And then his phone goes call. off. Lies directly to his wife. Uh, yeah, I'm at work. I'm at work. No, I can't pick her up. I'm at work. Come on, he, I can't help it. I'm at work. Yeah, that ends. He's gonna. He died in the movie theater. His wife now knows that he was lying about being at work. Yep. <laughs> I, I would just hope that if he got out of there, his wife would have ended him at home. <laughs> Shot right we know you were here. Phone. We we saw the video. They, they there was cops there, and there's yeah. all sorts of people outside the theater going. Hey, yeah, these guys were shooting up the place. I saw you walk right by behind them. You're dead. <laughs> he died, didn't he? Didn't he get shot yeah. right? Oh yeah, he got shot right yeah. in the forehead. I'm I'm filming this. I'm recording this on his little flip phone. That's very 2011. <laughs> uh, got shot right in the head, right through the phone. Uh, so yeah, then they uh, of course escape the theater, go to another hotel, and everything is filmed on the way out. So nothing in the theater, but. They get filmed on the way out, and they're saying, armed and dangerous. Now, the only thing that you see, obviously, they got shot in there, but you obviously see Roxy's character kind yeah. of pointing the finger guns as they're walking out of the building. Why, as, as a mass-murdering couple going wherever the hell are they going, why would you exit through the front of the building and not through the exit out in the back? Like, why would you not go the way that had less people? They didn't think... Less likely to, to capture you on uh, capture you on uh, video, <laughs> and that's the point where they're they, that you're right. That's the point where they're at the hotel, and he's he's complaining about his headaches and. Uh, that moment was like imperative to their getting recognized, though. That's true. That's where they got their recognition. That's where she got all happy. Yeah. Who, who's the next big profile guy that we can take out? And but the missing girls case doesn't. They don't realize, like, oh, that yeah, they don't connect shoot. it. Yeah, like, they don't figure that out. Oh, there's a guy and a girl. Oh, she looks like my daughter. And they're killing people. They, that never gets put together. Yeah. Well, the, the, the first girl that they killed, it was just Joel. So she was out in the woods. Yeah. And obviously the, like, five or six girls that were coming down the way that saw Frank shoot Chloe, obviously they were either too shocked or too into themselves or trying to find their poems to film. Yeah. I don't know what was going on. But they were not paying attention to him. They just saw what happened to Chloe and forgot his face altogether. And uh, fire profile picture. Nothing. <laughs> Big, beautiful house. No security there, obviously. So yeah. uh, Chloe's parents bit it with uh, little fanfare at all. We don't know who did this. Uh, did you see either one of them wearing gloves? No. I don't believe so. Throughout that entire home, he trips over everything. Fingerprints everywhere. Fingerprints everywhere. Not a clue. Right? Like, unbelievable. Uh, we didn't find him in 24 hours. We'll just put this on the back shelf. <laughs> right. You know? And then, then much how it goes. of course, the cop that pulls them well, over. The, that's the thing about this movie, though. It shows what's wrong with this, with America. Yeah. Like, it's I, like, it, it has a lot of good points in this movie. And also I'm not going to go on a rampage, but... It also depicts your average person as quite clueless. Like... Mm -hmm. The rampant ignorance and stupidity that's going on. Yeah. Uh, and I would laugh at it if I didn't agree uh, wholeheartedly that there's there's plenty of that going on right now. I, oh, entirely. I'm, I'm on several social media platforms now. I wasn't in the past, but I am now. And just just read Twitter feeds, Facebook feeds, and you'll realize anybody that talks about politics, religion, anything, you got to take a deep breath before you go. Go into all those comments. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you, you range from perceptive all the way down to 
how weren't you taken out in the womb? <laughs> Just <laughs> what happened? What happened between here and there that your mother said, hey, you know, it's a good idea to raise this kid. <laughs> and then they got into teenage years. Yep, still a wonderful child. Adulthood. And it just keeps going on. We accept this stupidity as someday they'll grow out of it. They're not going to grow out of it. No. No. And social media allows too much of it, honestly. They get older because they have more power for the, over themselves. I, I have no, no problems with the positive powers of social media. I just, I kind of hate the trolls. I really do. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, and of course, you've got the, the clueless police officer that pulls them over. Yeah. Uh, After they were just on the fucking news. They were just on the news, and he pulls them over in the stolen car, which apparently the clueless neighbor, this is this got to be a couple of days now. Yeah. And this car has been on the missing. road. With, huh? Didn't report it missing or anything? Didn't report like... it missing. Yeah, just... They're a couple of days on the road now, and he's just like handing them the registration. Oh yeah, this is my, my brother-in-law's car, and you know I'm taking oh, wow. taking her down to check out uh, college. He's like, go blue. Well, they did it, people. I yeah, don't know what that was. Big blue. She was ready, <laughs> locked and ready to take this cop out. Also, she right, was he asked yeah. her for ID, and she's like, yeah, um, let me get the ID well, like, right here. Got, got, like some sort of emergency. It was just like, that all right, that take was your loud niece. as shit too. <laughs> the way like she, yeah. Right. Like, like he would not have heard that. that. Dead silent, looked like almost a back road. It's like they were on the main road to begin with, weren't they? And then yeah. all of a sudden they were on something that looked like a dirt road? Like yeah. they had pulled off on a farm road somewhere? It's like, okay. What were you two doing back here? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. That's just not weird at all. And then uh, another scene. I'm not sure if we may have glossed over it at some point. I think it actually comes shortly before they end up at the, the truck stop. But, uh... Another scene where, where he's sitting outside of his ex-wife's house watching the daughter and the mother interact with each other. And of course, his daughter is, for lack of a better term, the spawn of Satan. <laughs> I mean, just spoiled to the point of... <sighs> Mommy got a Blackberry and not an iPhone. I hate school. It's just a full bratty spoiled child that like the parent just does not want to be now i'll be honest i mean I, I i'm not a spoiled person but as a child if i was asking for an iphone and mommy bought me a blackberry i'd probably be a little ticked off too what am i supposed to do with this thing i i, I wanted an iphone and you got me this thing with a keyboard attached to the front of it I, yeah <laughs> we're not this is for this is like for business folks yeah, I, mean, I want the, the play toy. I don't want the the business I've phone. I got plenty frustrated with my mother when, like, she wouldn't get me any like fancy new electronics. <laughs> yeah, see, the, the, that's different now. Like everything is electronic goods. Yeah. You know, it's not quite as Growing costly. Up, it wasn't that like it wasn't common. No, but now this is the new, newest video game system, the newest video game. Yep. Everyone has and to uh, have something. Honestly, way back when, when I, I like my first system was like an Atari. And then we had the Nintendo. Yeah. And it's like, if I had told my mother, like, they had a tough enough time going out and buying a 40 to $50 game, okay? What a game means now with all the DLC and the extras, a 40 to $50 game, that's how it starts. Yeah. And then it's like, now could you do me a favor and buy me all the, you know, $120 worth of attachments that come with this game? So now you've got a 40 to $50 game that's turned into a $200 venture mm -hmm. real damn quick. I would not have been able to fly that by my parents at all. But right now, that's 
my, my, my daughter and my, uh, my, my son, they both ask me for these things frequently. I got, a, I got another young man that, that lives with me uh, that uh, he constantly is buying stuff for games that he has. And I'm just thinking to myself, the amount of money that we've kind of thrown away on games over the past couple of years, if I could just get that back, we could probably afford to put a down payment on a house by now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, no. You know, hey, Nintendo and, and PlayStation and all yeah. those wonderful folks at, at, at Sony, Microsoft. and I, I have not bought... Um, a gaming system since I was like, well, I haven't had a gaming system of my own since I was like seven. So good on you, <laughs> <laughs> really good on you. <laughs> so like, I'm really excited for the PlayStation Five because it's supposed to be back compatible with all of the PlayStation games. I'm so excited for this. I'm gonna play the fuck out of fucking uh, what was it, Sly Cooper? Sly Cooper, mm. uh, older Crash Bandicoot games. We got the re remastered Crash Bandicoot games. Did you, you said something about, uh, I, th I think I saw we you uh, Spyro post uh, Spyro. Yes. Yeah, I really wanted to get that remastered edition they had of that. It is entirely worth the buy. Like, oh my god, it is perfect. To a T, almost exactly like the old games, just better quality graphics. Well, I'd hope they'd clean, oh, yeah, <laughs> they'd clean it up. Uh, but like, it's almost exactly like the old games, and it's incredible like the colors are just vibrant and beautiful oh god i love it let me tell you i tried to attach a, an old school ps uh, ps2 to my big screen tv and the graphics do not transfer <laughs> they just do not i believe it. <laughs> uh, it, it it looked horrible it's almost as bad as trying to put vhs up on there just oh well we got the vhs hd well no that that's for hd like way back before hd was really a thing yeah uh it was just the label they slapped on it and the sad part is I'm getting back into VHS. I have to go get a, like a, a current VHS player, which is not easy to find because nobody does VHS anymore. Uh, you got to order that crap through like Amazon or specialty places. Yeah. Just They have those units that like transfer from VHS to Blu-ray or VHS to DVD, but it's like nothing just strictly VHS. I, I have a problem with Amazon now. I just, my boyfriend's starting to have an intervention with me. I buy too much shit online. <laughs> I haven't. I, I have a collection of movies. I don't know if you've seen some of the pictures I've put up the stacks at home, but uh, I have not physically purchased a DVD or Blu-ray with my own money in a long time. I have so many different apps in regards to shopping that give me kickbacks in the form yeah. of gift cards through Amazon that I'm just like, and we'll use this gift card for that one and this gift card for that one. Uh, so, all right. So moving on uh, back to. Uh, Frank in his uh, creepy stalking ways. I mean, he's already a murderer. We know that he's uh, morally ambiguous even though he's supposed to be the hero of our film. Same yeah. with Roxy. And they pull up in front of the house and they're watching Ava have yet another grand mal fit at mommy. And along strolls Brad. Brad, the uh, the wonderful new boyfriend to uh, Frank's... Fiance. They're uh, getting married. Oh, yes, right. The, the soon-to-be husband of... of uh, his ex-wife. His ex-wife, yes. And Frank is the wonderfully, uh, not even wonderfully, the annoyingly clueless cop who walks up to Frank in a stolen car and leans in and sees the teenager in his seat and asks, hey, what's going on here? And he, he just looks at She's just a friend, and he gives him the kind of the, the raised eyebrows. Oh, uh -huh, okay. Yeah, what, what the fuck was that? So... Oh my god. Cop boy pretty much glosses over A, pedophilia, B, stolen car, C, 
ex-husband stalking ex-wife. Yep. He just sees the good in everybody. <laughs> you want to like say hi to the girls? No. No. They're, they're, they're having a moment. And then, uh, of course... It's not weird at all. Life, like, this guy is sloppy. Uh, Brad is happy to walk away and just leave it be. Um, um, don't tell them we're here. Okay, yeah, don't worry. I'm not going to say anything about you stalking my upcoming wife yeah. and her daughter. We're just going to let that slide. How does this guy not have a problem with any of this? Like, this is so... If you have anything oh bad to you call Brad. Yeah. 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 Right? I was there. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, you were there. Brad. Yeah, Brad was. Brad was clueless. And then uh, he walks away, and Roxy's like, "You want to? You want to kill them next?" And no, we're not going to kill him, because I want him to suffer. Like, he's he's marrying my wife and taking yeah. on my daughter, my ex-wife, and he's taking on my daughter. I want him to suffer. Yeah. This is what my life could have been. This is what my life is now. My life's way better than that. Well, that's that's. Like, that's actually a point, a kind of a point that he makes with the movie with Brad is that there's so many people out there that just cluelessly gloss over obvious signs just sitting right in front of them and happily just ignore it. Eh, it doesn't really involve me all that much. You do what you're gonna do. Yeah. No. No. Don't don't let the stalker get away. Don't let the guy who who who's been killing people get away. Obviously, he's in a stolen car. That isn't his. You know. You know that after the. Obviously, you're living with his ex-wife and his daughter. You know that he can't afford more than the apartment he was just in. Yeah. <laughs> That's not his car. And he's got a teenager sitting in the front seat, and he's not giving you a good explanation as to why she's there. <laughs> Yet, what, like, number uh, four or five everywhere. of people that he should have... I'm getting while I'm watching my, my family. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> You got two cops at this point that should have called him out at some point. Nothing. You had a drive-through guy should have called him out. Nothing. <laughs> Just nobody's catching on. Uh, then we move on to to uh, their their next intended victim, uh, the 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 radio show host or the TV show host, uh, the Sean Hannity knockoff that. Uh, yep. The the politically and morally ambiguous fellow that they hunt down while he's jogging, and. Uh, that was that was a very interesting scene because he. I like that. I actually agree with some of your politics. And uh. But you're just so fucking mean all the time. <laughs> and I, I like. There's the, no need for it. Roxy interacts with him and asks, "What you agree with?" with yeah, like his what exactly politics? do? What politics of his do you exactly agree with? Like obviously less gun control. Yeah. <laughs> well, if there was less gun control, then any nut could walk around with a gun. She's saying this after yeah, they after they've been people. doing all this. Yeah, I think that's kind of his point. You know, less gun control, obviously. And they also feel morally correct at this point. Yeah. Like, this uh, is their life's work. And I think, yeah, of course there was the, the the regular chant that most of these folks have, these people that are trying to incite, you know, riots amongst the masses, people that are trying to inflame situations that they should, shouldn't. She comes at him, with, and he comes at him with some pretty solid points, and it immediately goes for the, this. that's your typical liberal feminazi point of view, and she's like, ah, yeah, no, we're going to put a bullet in your head now. You're dead. Yep. <laughs> and then she put seven more bullets in her head. It's like, like, we're holding a gun on you, telling you exactly <laughs> this is the reason why we're going to kill you, yeah. and then you pretty much just put that bullet in your own head at that well, point. <laughs> But it's also funny because they, they both have two completely different reasons for wanting to kill him, but they just both feel they, like, no, he has to die. Like, yeah. Like, they're, it's accepting. Like, all right, you might think one way, I might think the other, but we're still going to kill you. Don't worry. We're not going to, like, not... <laughs> yeah. F- we're just you're arguing not making amongst it out yourselves. Of this one. Like, you're still going to die. Now, I did gloss over this one little thing in the beginning that I shouldn't have met. I should have mentioned part of the whole first scene where she wanted to come with him 
on this whole. Roxy wanted to come with Frank on this whole killing spree. They want she wanted to take out people, and she, she explained gave him that she told him that like, she BS'd him. Yeah. Basically yeah. told him, you know, I'm home, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm abused, my father comes in and rapes me nightly, blah, 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 blah. Gives him this bullshit thing. Yeah. Which, it, the next scene, they're, they're doing the whole, the, the pancake house thing. Yep. And, uh... Roxy goes to the bathroom, Roxy right? goes to the bathroom, the guy, they're, they're having this nice little conversation, Roxy goes to the bathroom, the guy behind him propositions him yeah. for what's, you know, going on. And then he, ca- he shuts him down, and he catches this... The report, report the news report of her parents looking for her mm-hmm. and her parents are like this sweet little suburban couple sweetest little suburban kind of close-knit couple they, they look like I, I don't know they look like saccharinely sweet yeah and uh, there's no obviously no way that this couple had done exactly what she's explaining yeah. now honestly I can't I can't really say they didn't. Personally, I mean, obviously, she gives it away a few scenes later because I've known some people that were like so saccharinely sweet up front and were the biggest pieces of shit behind doors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but for the sake of the movie, we know where they're going with this, and this is where he decides they're going to part ways. But not after he garrots the guy that propositioned him in his own room mm-hmm. and takes his truck. Yeah. So. He flips Roxy the keys because he's just garroted this guy. She's just come out of the bathroom. Where are you going, Frank? And he's like, you know what? Here, take the keys. I caught the report. You lied to me outright. And, uh, and at this point, he also found out he doesn't have a tumor. Right. Shortly thereafter, he finds out he does not have a tumor because he was mistaken for somebody else named Frank. Frank, the last name was, one was B and the one was W. So two... No, 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 it was it was one one big thing that drove him to kill people. Not, nothing else cleared itself up. He's still got the ex-wife with the horrible oh, yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next door neighbors don't even time. matter anymore. It was the fact that he was gonna die, or he convinced was convinced that he was gonna die. All right, right. So morally, everything's out the window because he figures, hey, I'm gonna die anyway. Might as well go out with a blaze of glory. Yeah. Uh, so now he's the, the um, you know semi-special, uh, mentally retarded singer from the, the American Superstar is what it was. And everybody's like making fun of him, and he hated that too. So he like so he tried to off yeah. himself. Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, he hate, yeah he tried to kill himself, and uh, yeah. So this is the next big scene. This is mm-hmm. setting up for all that. He he gets uh he gets in contact with this you know arms dealer, uh, and this is the big go bigger go home situation. At this point, he's either going to turn himself in because he knows what he's been doing, yeah. or he's going to. Do what he wanted to do to begin with. Just go out with a blaze of glory. I thought he was going to kill the goddamn yeah. when I first watched it. Yeah, me too. I thought he was going to be like, yeah, you're also what's bad with this country, but apparently he's very pro-guns. And he's very <laughs> pro-guns, and he actually... Coke? Yeah, like, he, I gotcha. He dropped some um, morally ambiguous things. He dropped a couple of a couple of racially insensitive terms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, so I felt like, you know, this is really what's wrong with this country. You're a part of it. I thought he was just going to do that, too. And then he would have had all the weapons. But no, no. He, he was good with the, the, the sidearms and the, the AK-47 mm-hmm. that he bought with the, from the guy. And he, he moves on to to the final scene, which is uh, him striding up to... Uh, what was the name of this? Uh, it was an American uh, Stars. The... Uh, the basically, yeah, the American, American Superstars. American Superstars. It was the... Uh, American Idol spoof TV show yep. with the uh, you had the same three guys. So you had the girl that was supposed to take 
Paul Abdul's place. Yeah. You have the Simon nondescript Paul. British guy, and then the the uh, the uh, the third fella. I, I can't remember. Randy, Randy Jackson. Randy Jackson. Uh, actually, this guy was a little bit more out there than Randy was. Yeah. Uh, and he, he figures he can't get in through the front because he sees the bodyguard up front, so he has to go in through the service entrance. Mm-hmm. And uh, he immediately takes out a guy that makes a bad joke about uh, Robin Williams in the theater. So there's this guy that's like a TMZ knockoff dude, and he's talking about Robin Williams. Is that Sasquatch by the pool? No, that's Robin Williams. Yeah. And immediately, because, you know, Bobcat and him are, are good friends. Uh, so obviously take a pot shot at Robin Williams and then... Kill the guy that did it. <laughs> uh, and then we have that, that fantastic scene. And I, I love that. It was, it, was almost like, it was almost like a scene of, of prayer a little bit. He gets on his knees to unlock the AK-47 case. And he's unbuttoning his shirt because he knows he's about to go to town on whatever yeah. he's going to do. And then the guy comes up behind him. You can't be here. Pop. Pops him right there. Takes him out. He's just to the side of the stage. And obviously, what's going on on stage, the, uh, the, the gentleman that uh, they brought back, the, let's see, I'm, I'm forgetting names, Stephen Clark. Stephen Clark was the dude that uh, they yeah. tried to kill himself, that they were making fun of. Uh, Try to kill myself because like they were making fun of me. I tried to kill myself because they weren't going to put me on TV anymore. Yeah. So like, uh, his, his morals are all fucked up too. But yeah, at this point, Frank's still behind stage, and he pops this guy. Not a single person anywhere heard the gunfire. Not none of the shots that happened backstage were heard on stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So apparently, they're all in their own little world. And then he gets on stage and immediately uh, shoots the the security guard that's coming up behind him before his his, his speech. And, uh, I love that speech. Oh yeah, nice big speech about uh, the moral ambiguity of, of the country and how, how things are... There's no kindness anymore. America's corrupt and toxic to itself. And that we, we pick on, on the weakest for our own amusement. And, yeah. Uh, well, which is, I mean, if, if you really look at it, is, is just uh, yeah. reality television in general yeah. right now. Everything they love that, that kind of stuff. Everything that happened in this movie has happened in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Except that minus the killing of Grand oh, yeah, it's, it's gotten worse since the release of this movie. Oh, yeah. Very much so. But, uh... And then, of course, you know, he, he this kid opens his mouth, Stephen Clark opens his mouth and drops that line. And he... Uh... Oh, no, actually, I, I skipped ahead a little bit. Because Roxy comes on stage. Yep. To, to tell him to... You know, she could, you're, I'm uh, sorry. Nine o'clock, Frank! That's where the security guard comes mm-hmm. and gets popped. Yep. All the cops start surrounding them. And Frank's like, what the fuck was that? Like, it's just a security guard acting on its own. We didn't send him in. And he tries yeah, to... All the cops are just like, hey, like, that what wasn't us. Do to help Calm you? down. Don't start yeah, shooting no. people. And uh, He's trying to make the judges dance for their amusement, and Steve just opens his mouth. Most... The stupidest thing you could do in this, this situation. Opens his mouth. No, I wasn't killing... I wasn't trying to kill myself because... Because, uh... Nobody loved me, or they were making fun of me. I, I killed myself. I tried to kill myself because they weren't going to watch me anymore. They weren't going to put me on TV. And that's when uh, him and Chloe have that little moment. Yep. And uh, he said he that said, mental high five. He said, uh, <laughs> "Chloe, uh, uh, not Chloe. My apology. I'm saying Chloe. Roxy. Roxy. Chloe was the the girl they killed in the Dead beginning. <laughs> he said, Roxy, you're you're a beautiful girl." And she says, "Thank you, Frank." And then he hands her the AK-47. He pulls the gun from his waistband, takes out Stephen Clark, and they just go to town in the yep. crowd. 
and, yeah. then, and then they go out in their blaze of glory. And I feel like, you know, like, that's something, like, he's like, oh, I don't want to, like, morally corrupt, like, a young a young person, so me telling them whether they're beautiful or not, but, he, like, at the end, he's like, you are beautiful. Like, yeah. Yeah, you are what's good with this country. You know what I mean? Which is fucked up, but it, that's the purpose of this well, movie. It's like, that's... Uh, it was I, a, a weird moral compass that they were they were setting out there. It's like, we're trying to take out the bad stuff. We're, we're, these are the people that we feel are bad, yeah. but essentially, the way that they go about it, the, the, the mass slaughter, that puts them in that category. Now, <laughs> and I was thinking this is just like it kind of like popped in my head while watching the movie. Like, Roxy is actually his tumor. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like, it's kind of like, he, she doesn't actually exist. So kind of, like, if you kind of think about it, like, that's why nobody really notices that she's there and kind of like plays it off. Why is this guy with this girl? Because she doesn't really exist. That's what I was thinking a little bit, like, during the whole movie. <laughs> And then, like, no, he no. finds out... It would have been a weird have... twist at the end, but it wouldn't have made sense in a lot of the situations like, that they were yeah, in. Yeah, but he finds out that she doesn't have... Uh, he doesn't have a tumor. That's when he sends her away. And then he comes back to, like, in the final stage. Yeah. And, like, he kind of, like, am I doing the right thing? Am I not? And then she comes back, and it's like... Uh, so kind of, like, his conscience the whole time. Like, well, this I, is it. No, I feel like... Right. I feel like he was her moral center, and she was his drive. Hmm. So he ke- she, she kept him driven to do what he was doing yeah. with her, and he kept her centered enough that she wasn't just going on off and popping any any particular individual. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're just going to shoot everybody that annoys me, because uh, man, if people started doing that, I, I, I could I could tell you right now, half my street would be cleared. Thank God I'm on the street. Uh, I feel that. That's neither here nor there. Uh, and actually, the whole screenplay that it was written, uh, you know, Bobcat actually went on to say, and this is all really how he feels about a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Well, so he didn't just write this as like this, hey, you know, what if what if we did this? This would be funny. This is actually a lot of his feelings that he put down on paper. Yeah. Uh, it's a good fucking movie. <laughs> I enjoyed one of my favorite movies of all like, time. Really, the fact that he, the. I hate a lot of the things that he hated in his movie. <laughs> I think I think that was kind of the point. A lot yeah. of people feel that way, in spite of you know. I, I know my, my my oldest child. She she watches a, a lot of. She kind of partakes in some of this stuff. She watches <laughs> a lot of those shows that just make you go, oh my god. And I think it kind of makes her. It's like How I know it makes famous? you feel better about yourself. Well, a lot of people are are, are famous for the for, stupidest shit. Well, they're famous for being famous. That's about it. It's like we took this idiot and we put him in, in situation after situation and now they're famous and they're making money strictly because they exist. we put them in front of you to laugh at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. But uh, back back then there was actually the William Hung, I believe is what his name was. And he did Shebang, yes, that's Shebang. what the... Like that's like what he was. Well, you know, that's why the American Idol, they actually switched up their voting system. They fixed the voting system because there was like two or three seasons in a row mm-hmm. where they were pushing people forward in the voting systems that by no means should have reached that, that final group. Yeah. There were people that just could not sing and that people just thought were funny. And just they were pushing them forward and, and through American Idol and American Idol is like, no, we're going to nip this in the bud real quick mm-hmm. because uh, we don't want these people to get to this point. Yeah. That's what they we want the laughable people America. to be the laughable people, period. America's got talent. You could be laughable now. You know what I mean? You don't, it doesn't have to be. Well, that's half home. the point. To America's got talent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Now it's like they, they switch it so that you can do just about anything as opposed to strictly being singing. 
Because uh, apparently being a laughing stock or a joke to a lot of people is talent. You know, hey, wow, that was funny. Mm-hmm. I can laugh at you and not feel bad about it because you put yourself on TV doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I just, I can't. I, I can't. I can't abide a lot of stupidity. <laughs> I, oh, I, I've gotten uh, to the point in my life where just, I can't waste my time on it. <laughs> it's like, I won't, I won't invest in reality TV at all. Uh, I, I uh, I'll, I'll say I don't it out even loud. have cables, so there's that. I'll say it out loud. I won't invest in the Kardashians. I'm Fuck not investing in, in, in the Jersey Shore or any of that stuff. Uh, I'm well aware of how obnoxious. these people got their beginnings. Uh, I tuned out after the... I actually watched the first couple of seasons of uh, The Real World. Because I kind of liked how it was. But yeah. then it started... It wasn't them taking real-life people and putting them in the situation. You could tell that they were... Designing things. Yeah, everything was scripted. Yeah, it was all scripted. It was like, we're going to put you in this situation, this is how we want you to act. Reality TV really is a reality. When they did this, acting train twice as hard now. You know? All right, well, we've had a nice full discussion about uh, about God bless America, and I thank you for for tuning in, watching, uh, or or pressing that button, depending upon how you you went about this. And uh, uh, from, I'm not going to say from all of us here, from myself, I hope you have a. uh, wonderful time listening to us in the future this was great uh, thank you for being here we hope you all have to have you on uh, many many times in the future yes definitely you're more than welcome back whenever you you want to come back and, and I know I that this this is a good way to go about our Saturday, uh, Sundays so, yeah you know, um, well yeah we record on Sundays uh, mostly and, and uh, we try to get things out uh, for the following weekend so uh, this will be up Hopefully by this uh, upcoming Friday, uh, Friday morning. Well, when you guys listen to it, whatever, whether it's morning, evening, night, glad you guys tuned in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you. And come back to Cinematic Hour.